Welcome, Warriors. Welcome to a super, very special edition of Outreach Warrior. Super shout out. Thank you to my producer, Tom, who makes the magic happen every week. This week, um, just a little backstory. Operation Clean is in full effect. We're going out to downtown Orlando this week. So whenever you hear this podcast, it could be whenever. But uh, super excited, have a bunch of bags of hygiene products and feminine products, handmade soaps. It's going to be amazing. We're teaming up with a super awesome nonprofit called Salt. Way more details to come next week. Can't wait to tell you about it. Very excited about that. But this week, we have a very special person, someone who is near and dear to my heart. And honestly, I didn't want to get into the whole way that we met, but you know what? We're transparent. We're honest on here. Um, honest about my recovery from alcohol and everything like that. Um, our special guest this week is Joey, and I met him while I was in detox. But Joey wasn't in there for detox. Joey was in there for a special reason. And Joey has a tremendous backstory and I was fortunate enough to help out Joey in his plight after getting out of where we were together in the detox center. He wasn't in there for detox. He's going to get into it. He's going to let you know about why he was there. It's a very, it's a heart-wrenching story, but I was fortunate enough to be able to help Joey out. He'll tell you about that. Maybe if he wants to, it's up to him. Um, he's a great guy. He's a wonderful person. So I would really like to introduce to you my dear friend, Joey. Joey, how are you doing? And thank you for being on the podcast. Not a problem. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. How are you doing? Oh, great, great. Living the whole recovery thing. Um, trying to give back as much as we can. Uh, and I think you know a little about the nonprofit that um, myself and my wife do. Um, me and Tom are doing a whole new project with the uh, Outreach Warrior, with the podcast. We're trying to shed awareness on homelessness, and we're trying to put a face on homelessness that people just kind of look down on people that are homeless, and they don't know the stories behind people who are homeless. And we're just trying to let people know that it's not people are like, oh, that bum on the street. Well, it's not that bum on the street. That person's going through a hard time. That person is trying to get their life back together and just trying to shed awareness on, on that issue. Um, so my friend, right. please, please let us know. Just start us, start us off where you want to go, man. Okay. So uh, just go ahead and just give you the whole story. Okay. Um, I'm 45 years old. I was never, I've never experienced homelessness up until about two and a half years ago. And my girlfriend and I had been having some problems. Uh, I was in between jobs at the time and most of my family has passed on. So I really didn't have a support network to fall back on when she and I split up. So I became homeless. I've always struggled with 
uh, addiction problems since I was in my early 20s. But at the time, that wasn't really the issue of why I became homeless. Uh, I built swimming pools in Orlando for 22 years, um, raised two children, and my girlfriend and I subsequently you know, separated, so I didn't really have a choice to go on the streets. Now, I had never lived on the streets before and pretty much just kind of figured it out as I went along. Uh, you know, once you fall into that category and you don't have a support network, it's extremely difficult to get out of there if you can't find somebody to help you. Now, during my time homeless, uh, I met a lot of good people. And everyone you meet that's homeless isn't necessarily going to be a drug addict or an alcoholic. It may be somebody who fell into my category and just really didn't have any, you know, you know, no place to go when things went south. So I, you know, I subsequently lived in three different towns. I lived in Orlando, I lived in Leesburg and Claremont, Claremont being the last place that I finished up. And Addiction problems were part of my issue once I became homeless because I became depressed. I felt like nobody in the world cared about me anymore. It was almost as if though I fell off the face of the earth. Now, I wasn't one of those people that you see standing on a street corner holding a sign that says, you know, please give or need money or anything like that. I figured out how to learn to live out of dumpsters and finding things that were thrown away and fixing them and selling them, which was pretty good you know there's a lot of people out there that just they, they want people to to give them money and you know help them out but I wasn't one of those I figured that it was my problem I put myself in that position so I would take care of myself um I can tell you right now that being homeless is horrific uh you don't have power you don't have a place to find a shower every day um you basically just live in a spot of woods that you can find. And, and I have personally been ran out of five different places by the police and sheriff's department just simply for living there. Um, and if it I was can, really, really if tough. I, if I can interject, Joey, I'm sorry. I should have told you I want to hop in at, ahead, at some point. Ask all the questions you need. Go ahead, ask I apologize. All the questions. It would help me if you ask questions too. But um, I, I, I went to one of those places that you were saying um, mm -hmm. that, you and myself went down and brought you some stuff and I, I drove you there. And I mean, yeah, you were just, just looking for a place that was off the grid and that people weren't going to see you, but there was a lot of traces of people there before you as well that were staying back there yeah. as well. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. I, just, I just wanted to say that I, I I've seen it with my own two eyes and, you know, it's it's an issue when people are just looking for places off the grid and, you know, not to be seen yeah. by the police or, you know, by mainstream traffic or anything like that. All right. Sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. It, it actually helps when you interject and ask questions and stuff. It, it kind of tingles the memory a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, almost every place that I've lived in the woods, I tried to be secretive. Not that I was hiding anything or you know, not that I was trying to steal from people or any of that, but, you know, the police see you go in the woods and they generally come in and follow you and tell you to leave or they'll bring the property owner in and have you trespassed and tell you to leave. Most of the times that I was removed from property, it was 
it was not under bad circumstances. You know, the, the police were, were very, very nice about it, but it was basically a, you have 24 hours to pack your things and leave, or come back and take you to jail. And that's hard to do once you get set up and you have, you know, all your things where you need them and, you know, you're, you're just trying to live. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy because, you know, it's, it's, you don't know when your next meal's coming. You don't know if you're going to have anything to drink that day. You can't, you know, just go up and get a drink from a store or get a hamburger from McDonald's because you have no money. And a lot of the times when you're out there like that, you, it's hard to wash your clothes and things like that when you have no money and you have no people that you can go to to help you with those types of things. And I just want people to understand that, you know, a lot of people that are out there struggling with homelessness aren't, aren't exactly thieves or robbers or, you know, just bad people. A great amount of them are people who just fall into bad luck. And that bad luck continues sometimes with worse decisions. A lot of it's all about making the type of decisions that can put yourself out of that type of situation. And, you know, when you're depressed or you're addicted to drugs or alcohol, you often don't make those decisions. You choose to tend to stay where you're at. And a lot of people get comfortable with that. And I'm not going to lie. I myself did get comfortable with that for a while because I really, in the beginning, didn't struggle that hard. I was around a large group of people in the same area that I knew for years and years. And we had a generator, we had power, we had food, water, and things just kind of progressed along from there. And eventually you start getting a lot more people in there, bad elements that cause problems and fights and, you know, what have you. And that's when the police come in and usually run you out of where you're at. Um, is there any particular questions that your audience might want to know that you would like to ask? I mean, well, I think... The, the biggest thing that I want to touch on with our, audi our audience is that people that you see that are homeless aren't always these bums, you know, quote unquote bums and that don't want to work right. and they're just, right. they're just there. It's, there is such a backstory to so many people that are homeless and it's heartbreaking. And when I met you, and like I said, we talked before and I don't want to get too deep you know, things that you weren't comfortable talking about. But when we, we became right. friends in, in the detox that you could barely walk when I met you be, because of what, yes, what you were going through. I, I wanted to ask you to elaborate a little bit on that, if that's okay. Sure. No problem. Well, um, after being in the woods for roughly about a year and a half to two years, I started experiencing extreme back pain. And at first I just chalked it up to, okay, I pulled my back lifting this heavy object or I strained myself playing around or doing, you know, things during the day. And I refused to go to the hospital for at least a month. I finally went to the hospital. Uh, I was given kind of a in the, in the door, out the door, quick boot. They told me I had a fracture on my spine and that's what was causing my pain. They released me from the hospital with no kind of paperwork telling me what to do and how to take care of myself as well as no kind of back brace or anything of the sort. Well, the pain continued on and it got worse. It got worse to the point to where I couldn't get off the floor of my tent for days. I literally could not stand up. And thankfully there was some people nearby who had a phone because I did not have one at the time. And they called the fire department. Fire department came in and flat boarded me out of the woods because I could not get up and walk out of the woods. 
um, once they got me to the hospital, they came in and told me that uh, in the fracture that was on my spine, I had MRSA. It had become infected and subsequently eaten the vertebrae in my back, which collapsed on the nerve bundles in my spine, rendering me paralyzed from the waist down for several hours, almost, well, two days just about. Uh, when James and I, when you and I met, I was in the center and they were giving me antibiotics. Um, and you personally witnessed this after about six days of me struggling to walk by the sixth to seventh day, I was unable to even get out of bed. Um, I would, no, you, couldn't. you and your wife, I, I couldn't even stand up. Uh, no, you couldn't, you couldn't, wife, you couldn't walk. You couldn't walk. Right. And, and I witnessed no, a few no. times where you fell down and we had to help you up. You, you couldn't, you were immobilized. Yeah. yeah. I mean, after, as the days progressed, I went from just, you know, struggling to walk to dragging my right leg. And then it went to me being completely unable to stand up without, even with the aid of a walker, I, my legs couldn't support me. So they took me back to the hospital and come to find out, like I said, the uh, infection had eroded the bones of my back and my, my spine had collapsed on my nerve bundle and they rushed me into surgery where they installed two rods, eight screws and a bridge. And then they fused my spines, my spinal cord, three of my, my vertebrae, I'm sorry, together. Wow. Um, before I went into surgery, I could only move the toes on my left foot just a tiny little bit like that. That's the only feeling I had down below. Uh, when I came out of surgery, I was able to get up and walk immediately, almost immediately. But there, therein being was the worst part is I now have extreme tissue damage around the area where the infection was. Um, I have to take antibiotics for life. I have a blood infection that if not monitored will eventually kill me. So if I miss my antibiotics or if I stop taking them, it is without a doubt, I will die. Um, as well as all this is going on, I have neuropathy in my legs from the waist down, my legs tingle and my feet feel like they're encased in ice water all the time. If you're walking across your yard and you step on the garden hose, you're like, oh, I stepped on the garden hose. For me, it feels like I stepped on a knife or a dagger going into my foot. It's simple little things that it's crazy. If you run a finger down my leg, it's like somebody taking a lit cigarette down my leg. It burns. And, and wow. it just sometimes, yeah, sometimes I can't sleep because of it. Sometimes my legs will jerk spasmodically by themselves. Um, as a result <clears throat> of this infection, I can no longer work in the sun because the antibiotics I take will break me out in a horrific rash. I can no longer do any kind of construction because my limit to lifting anything heavy is I can't. I mean, it's, I just can't. Uh, I now walk with the aid of a cane and I'm 45 years old. I'm fighting social security right now to get disability because of the, my inability to do a lot of things. Um, I battle depression off and on really bad. And it's been a day to day struggle. If it weren't for a friend of mine who I went to school with, bringing me into his home with his family and allowing me to stay, I would still be living on the streets because when I came out of surgery, I couldn't do the things I used to do. I couldn't hardly ride a bicycle. I couldn't go looking for scraps and, and things to fix and, and things to eat. It was really, really tough for me to just walk. And 
None of this is because of drug abuse. None of this is because of alcohol abuse. I simply caught an infection somehow while living out there that nearly killed me. If I would have waited another week, I would have been paralyzed from the waist down for life, without a doubt. And I just want the audience to understand that, you know, a lot of people that are out there facing these problems and these issues <clears throat> aren't bad people. They're not out there because they've done bad things. They just simply hit a bad time, bad spot in life. And a lot of them need some help. Now, that being said, you're going to go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say with even, I mean, before the pandemic and everything in central Florida and, you know, pretty much everywhere, there was so many people living paycheck to paycheck. And mm-hmm. when, you know, COVID hit and everything like that and disrupt everybody's lives, I mean, that just, it threw a wrench into everything. Even, yes, you know, I'm one of the same, you know, like, but living paycheck to paycheck is not, you know, homelessness, but when something like COVID hits, you know what I mean? Like you don't have that paycheck to get by, then all of a sudden you're faced with that problem. So these yes. are not bad people. These are people trying their best. And then one thing happens, a medical issue happens, COVID happens, and they find themselves in an issue of they don't have a home. They can't afford to pay where they're living for. So that's right. And I have dozens of friends who, you know, you, you as well know what this is like living paycheck to paycheck. And like you said, all it takes is one, not even major, just minor issue. And you're living on the streets and it's tough. It really is. And I want a lot of the people out there that may be watching this to know that if you see a homeless person that you're not, I'm not saying you're obligated to run up and hand them a fistful of dollars, but if you buy them something to eat, something to drink of that nature, it will tell you whether or not that person is trying to get money for drugs or trying to get money for alcohol or something like that. Because I know a lot of people that are homeless that will refuse a hot meal or something to drink in lieu of money. And they actually get angry if you don't give them money. I myself was never that type of person. If you would have, and there was many times when somebody came up and gave me food and I was thankful, um, very thankful as well as, you know, bottles of water maybe a bottle of pepsi or something like that because it's not something you simply go pick up when you don't have any money i always it kind of feels like i always keep i'm sorry i always keep i always keep a case of waters behind me in my car and i have a bad habit of going to wawa before work every day and um there's about three different people that are always at the corner coming out by the light and i just always hand them i just say hey give them a bottle of water you know i don't i don't have the money to 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 give them every day but they always seem thankful for it you know it's florida it's hot (laughs) you know you know there were several times when i had people come up and hand me waters and and sodas and you know a a mcchicken sandwich from mcdonald's or and you would not believe how eternally grateful i am to those people at, at the times that they made that difference in my life You would not believe the difference it would make to a homeless person if you walked up and gave them a hot meal or said, hey, you know, you you need a pair of shoes or something. Come on, I'll take you over here and buy you a five dollar pair of shoes or, you know, just little things. It's the little things that mean such a huge difference when you're in that situation, because it's it's one of the hardest things I've ever faced in my life. Aside from the problems with my back and my continuing health issues, I I can't begin to say thank you, especially to the Pizza Panda for what you guys did for me as well. I mean, it's, 
I felt like I won the lottery. Just somebody bringing me what you like you did, you know, Pizza Panda helped me out with a tent and a bicycle and a little bit of cash. And I still am eternally grateful to you for that. I mean, you you have no idea. That's like Christmas to me. I mean, it was it was so wonderful. And you've got well, people I, out there who. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, um, Joey was needed a place to live and not not tooting my own horn by any any means, because. It wasn't my doing. It was my idea to help Joey. I put it out on Facebook. I had people donate money. We got a tent. Um, we got a bike so he could commute, you know, looking for work. Um, and that was, you know, we don't like to get, I'm not a deeply religious person. I feel more spiritual. I believe there's a God. I believe you do good. You put good out there, you know, and I put that out into the universe. I said, Joey's a good person, you know, and same thing with Operation Clean. Um, just you know, being honest and saying, this is our idea that we want to do. If you want to help, that's awesome. So um, Joey says he's internally grateful. I don't, you know, it's whatever, but some people donated money. We got a, we got a cool tent from, we got a bike and, but it was, yeah. the need was, the need was there and people saw it and they reached out and they helped. So I don't know. <laughs> well, you got the ball rolling and, you know, if I had to been for you putting the word out when I got out of the rehab facility, you know, from the surgery, I had no place to go. I had no tent to sleep in. I had nothing. So at the time, I thought that I was going to be able to go to a distant relative's home. And that kind of fell through. So realistically, you gave me a place to live, a vehicle to get around with, and a little bit of money to sustain me until I could find a job. And that, that meant the world to me. And I just want you know your audience to understand that not everybody out there is has a hidden agenda or or is trying to get things from people so they can get over on people. They're just trying to get ahead and get off the streets. Now, that being said, there are some people out there that like living like that, that want to live like that, and that do have drug addictions and alcoholism. And those people I feel sorry for because they don't want to get help. They, they don't want people to bring them out of that situation because they're comfortable. And I never really got comfortable in that situation. I did there for a short period of time because I was doing well. And then I realized, you know, this is no way to live. You can't, you know, you can't sustain yourself living in the woods and just jumping from place to place to place all the time like that. And I had several off the table jobs, you know, moving furniture and things like that that helped along as well. But once I came out of surgery, I was in trouble because I could barely walk. And let me tell you something, living in the woods and barely being able to walk is a horrific situation to find yourself in. And the pizza well, I remember, just did so I remember, many things. I want to say thank you, David. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but Go I ahead. remember that I think the last time that I saw you, though, was when you were leaving the facility in an ambulance because you couldn't walk. And yeah. I didn't know yeah, what that was, was when you know, and then, then we met up after, but I knew how but bad shape you were in, man. And God, I'm just... I'm so glad that you're better now. <laughs> you, you're looking, I, you know you're looking great. Thank you. You're looking great. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm doing a lot better. Um, you know, when I got out and and I went back to the streets, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of slid back into the the old lifestyle for about 30 to 45 days, and then I stood up one day and I said, Joey, you're gonna have to make a change and and better yourself because this is not you. So, I reached out to a friend of mine who lives here in Ocala, which is where I'm at. And he brought me into his home. He has a wife. He has two teenage daughters. 
And we hadn't seen each other in probably 25 years. We had spoken over the internet on Facebook and what have you, but he still remembered the person I was when I, you know, when we went to school together and he brought me up here and I'm still living in a tent, but I'm living in his yard. I have full access to the house. I have to get showers. They feed me and they know that I have no money and I'm not going to generally have any money, but they don't care. No. And when I first got here, I had an infection from the surgery. So I was still barely able to walk, barely able to move. And I went back into Shan's hospital for two weeks. They put me on home infusion, taking high powered antibiotics, which I just got off of a week ago. And now I'm down to an oral dose of antibiotics. I'm virtually pain free. I mean, it's still there, but in no way is it like it used to be. I can move around. I can, I can, I can do what I used to do almost. I can operate and function like a normal person. I'm not constantly in pain. I'm not constantly hurting all the time. Now, I still have issues and problems with it, which are probably never going to go away. But by and large, the hand that was extended to me to be able to get where I'm out today was a huge thing for me. And I just want to say thank you to Joey Martin and his wife, Stacy Martin, because they're the ones that actually got me out of that situation. They take me to my doctor's appointments. They're they're just, they're wonderful people. And honestly, I really didn't know I had these people in my life to fall back on until it was an accidental situation, a conversation on Facebook. And it was just a, a wonderful thing. And, you know, some people may not have that because I, for the longest time, didn't think I was ever going to get out of the streets. I really didn't. And it terrified me because you become a nobody out there. People drive by you. They walk past you. you you're invisible. And when you, when you aren't able to shower and wash your clothes on a regular basis, you know, sometimes you're dirty, sometimes you're disheveled. And a lot of people just, they don't want to deal with that. And I understand. I used to be one of those people that I was involved in myself in my daily life. I didn't see those people struggling. And it, it, it hurts when, to know that there's so many people out there like myself who are good people in a bad situation. And all they need is just one little thing one little thing to get them out of it. And they just wait and wait and wait for that one little thing. Well, that's what, um, again, I apologize for cutting you off, Joey. Um, That's why I feel that um, the Operation Clean that that we're doing, uh, me and Tom and a few other people with the um, the bags of hygiene products and everything, um, hope that this week, um, that we can try to make a difference and just make people feel better when they're dirty and everything like that. Um, Joey, I right. hate to cut you off. Um, I'm getting the time from my producer. Maybe we can do a part two next week. If you're down, I would absolutely love to have you back. Um, please reach out to us on outreachwarrior at gmail.com. If you have a story, if you have a friend that could reach out to us, um, if you want to help, if you want to donate, Joey, thank you so, so much. And I really hope we can do a part two. We can. And thank you, James. The Pizza Panda did many, many good <laughs> things for me. And if there's anything that I can do for your organization, don't even hesitate to ask because I would love to help in some way, shape or form. Well, thank you, Joey. Joey is a great, great human being. Um, I'd love to get more help to him. So my friends, thank you for tuning in to Outreach Warriors this, this week. And Joey, thank you so much. Outreach Warrior, gmail.com. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.
living here for centuries Yet I feel so lost Men will do just what they please Never count the cost And who's gonna help me find my way back home And who's gonna help me find my way And who's gonna help me find my way back home